guys, it's me, Emma's Thing, and this is my podcast, That's What He Said. With over 12 years of blogging, writing, posting, and sharing under my belt, I've somehow grown a small audience who, for whatever reason, seem to really like me. This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates, reviews on movies, books, shows, daily musings about life, in-passing commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. Well, hello there. Hi, guys. It's me, Emma, reporting live from Chicago, Illinois. It is Wednesday, April 13th. I just had a look at my watch. Um, Forgive the pause. And I am downstairs in my sister's guest room. That is my room when I'm here, which I have been for almost a full week. If you have been paying attention to my Instagram content, um, I shared that I was coming up here. Well, I also shared this on the podcast, but I shared that I was coming up here to help her because she got uh, breast reduction surgery last Friday. And um, I've stayed here for the week to not only help her and nurse her back to health, um, but also be an extra set of hands for her twin children because um, there are two of them. I don't know if you guys know what twins mean, but that does mean one and two. And there's just no way that her wife could do it on her own. Um, So I flew down here to play Nurse Emma and Mama Emma for the week, and it has been a journey. I'm absolutely planning on writing a full-length blog post kind of about my experience as basically a mom of twins for the past six days. So be on the lookout for that. But for this episode, we're going to focus solely on me and Allie. And I don't even have to go into what have I even been doing because y'all know what I've been doing, which is being in Chicago. So without further ado, let's talk to my amazing older sister, but only older by 17 months, Allie Golden. Get to know her, get to hear about her surgery, her recovery, and her hopes for the future. Allie, hi. Hi, Emma. Welcome to my podcast. Um, so happy to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. It's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> um, you know, people had a lot of questions for you, but I want to get to those later. I want to start off just shooting the shit, and then we can get into the good the bad and the ugly about the past week okay okay so how have you been besides what happened six days ago to your body um how have i been in the sense of like the past week or just outside of that you know just maybe like outside of that like how has the first year and then some of being a mother been for you well wow what a question to answer in a minute you know um you don't it's not it, you don't have a time limit you can talk as long as you want okay um you can pass no uh i can answer that um okay already yawning well that's how it's been <laughs> <laughs> um in i have had a lot of highs and some pretty low lows i would say um that i never have had in my life and uh i think overall it's been quite an experience (laughs) and um a lot of joy has been you know brought into my life becoming a mother yeah what would you say what has been like your lowest low i mean (laughs) there's just so many things that come along with uh being pregnant and having babies and postpartum feelings and kind of realities of like your life and um kind of coming to grips with your new reality yeah I think that uh you know for us me in particular not being close to my family it's been really really hard on me and not close to my close friends living in close proximity to them um it's I think it's taken a bigger toll than I realize. Than you expected? Or just like you didn't think about that? No, then I think I realize, like, yeah. 
So I know that it's always been hard because all of your best friends from college, which you guys call yourselves the Wolf Pack. Um, we came up with that before the fucking Zach Galifianakis movie, so. Oh, I don't, I didn't even remember that from The Hangover. We did. Um, okay, props to you guys. Um, you guys have always been spread out for the most part. I think like a few of you, there's like how many are, how many wolves are there? There's uh, six of us. Okay, there's so there's six. And I think like at some point, like a couple lived in New York at the same time, yep. but then from- some lived in Denver at the same time, but like myself and Jess uh, have always lived near no one. But <laughs> she is so like incredible and personable and she she had like her first, her her baby girl was like one of the first of our groups so she had like a mom group and everything yeah that was one of the shitty things for me about covid is like there were no mom groups and then you just get so into taking care of your children um that there's just no time for anything else and especially twins yeah which you have witnessed um like i i didn't by the time like mom groups were maybe a thing i had to go back to work so i kind of like (laughs) aged out of that yeah and mom groups are like basically collective of moms with like babies around the same age and like you guys plan to get together yeah so it's like you create like your own daycare kind of no it's not a daycare i would say it's more of like probably therapy and like how are you doing how are you doing you know, this is this is what's happening with us. This is what I learned. This is like sharing tips and tricks and navigating newfound motherhood together in person, though. Yeah, I mean, ideally. Yeah. Ugh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you didn't get to. I mean, it makes sense you didn't get to do that, but I didn't know that that was like such a thing. I mean, I don't know if it's like a humongous thing, but I, I think it's, it is a thing. Um, and then because they came early too, it was just kind of like a whirlwind. Yeah. But definitely about, COVID. Talk about that. What about it? Just, I mean, you know, it's not like I didn't, I share so much with my followers and like every part of my life, every quote unquote character in my life, they are invested in. And so anytime that you show up on my Instagram, they're like falling all over themselves and they want to know more about you. And when you had twins, they were so excited and um like you'll see like I just got so many questions um but so I wasn't posting though at the time about your the um early delivery and like kind of how you were like in the hospital for like almost a month or something before a week oh (laughs) I okay I guess I'm thinking of like the twins being in NICU but they were there for like six weeks yeah so what was happening when you were in the hospital for a week back in January was it February? No, it was January. It was January. Yeah, January. Um, I went in for like my, I think it was like my twenty nine week appointment, um, and I was like a centimeter dilated or something, maybe less than that. And the doctor um, was like, "Okay," and I was kind of explaining a couple other things that were going on to her, like, like what? nothing crazy. I oh, God, I can't even remember now, and it's like all I could think about. At the time. Um, was it like symptoms you were experiencing? Yeah, I think it was contractions, but I didn't know that oh. that's what it was. Oh. Um, and so she had me go over to get triage to get monitored at the hospital, which is like right near her the office. And so I go in and they like hook up all these things to me and they have to give me a, a very deep swab COVID test and they had to take my blood and then they had to um i think they had to give they gave me a steroid shot in my leg for the babies just in case and with all in case of what i don't know okay and and to help them Uh, like in case i was gonna go into labor okay i think it was like more long than i had understood potentially i don't know but they gave me all of these things and I had a reaction that's called a vasovagal, which is like a reaction. It's a me- it's like a mental reaction to having all these things happen to you where your body kind of goes into like shock in a way 
or you just get very like overwhelmed and I felt like I was gonna faint and so like I I laid back and like right at that time Sloan's heart rate started to go down which is a deceleration Mm -hmm. and so like then all of a sudden I'm not kidding you like five nurses and two doctors and all these people rushed into the room and everybody was freaking out and then Jack's heart rate started to go down and like I didn't really know what was happening obviously but I was like something is not right yeah and like the nurse that I had she had just come back from maternity leave and she was not holding it together and I was like I'm like okay we're gonna go to labor and delivery delivery we don't really know what's going on kind of a thing and I think so like this wait wait what was the nurse doing like how was she acting she you could just tell she was kind of freaking out like what is happening right now like is this woman with twins at 29 weeks going into labor oh my god which would have been horrifying to say the least um it might have been earlier than that no I don't know I don't know anyway (sighs) went into labor and delivery and they had to like give me these drips and all of this stuff and they like straight up thought that I was gonna have to have an emergency c-section because the the heart rates wouldn't come back up but what kept happening for a week um is that sloan would dip her heart rate and then sometimes for up to nine minutes and then it would come right back up to normal nothing else was wrong and jack would start copying her because they're stubborn twins and i was just like it was honestly it was worse than labor yeah because you didn't know what was going on. They I, they kept having to bring me from antepartum room back to labor and delivery, which is just like... Such a mindfuck. It, it is, and it's just so uncomfortable, and you're strapped to all of these machines, and you can't move. Like, I... Not only was I very pregnant, but I... You also can't really move because they strap the monitors on your belly. Yeah. And I had two for each baby, one for each baby. And, like, if you move wrong, then they can't get the heartbeat, and... That we started to kind of see a pattern where every time I would get up to go pee, right afterward it would happen. And so I started trying to, like, make sure that when they were going to monitor me, I would not go to the bathroom. Because yeah. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. These babies are fine. Like, you can't... The biggest thing was, like, you couldn't... This could be something that happens in a lot of pregnancies. Yeah. But they don't monitor women 24 hours a day. Right. So you don't know. Right. But my gynecological practice was so, um, is so like hypersensitive to things and airs on the side of like extreme caution. And I certainly don't operate that way. And so they brought in the, uh, the specialist, like the, um, they're called, the acronym is MFM. Um, and I can't think of. MFM. Yeah, it's like. Maternal, maternal fetal medicine. Oh wow! Thank you. I Emma. got the first one right. Well done. Maternal fetal medicine experts, and so they see all this stuff, and so we. I ended up switching practices to them for the rest of my pregnancy because. And who was the practice? Because I know people are going to ask. Well, the practice here, they're lovely. I'll still go to her for my normal like, like gynecological exam. It's right. the, the women's group of Northwestern. Okay. Um, she was so Dr. Camel. She was so lovely, like a Jewish grandma that was just so kind to me and she had twins actually like older of course but um but it was just and and she even said she was like yeah we're just very cautious yeah they're known for that um i love that yeah so transferred to mfm and then i had to get monitored twice a week i think up until i was gonna give birth I think it might have been earlier than 29 weeks when that happened, but... But you, you had maybe them at not. 32 weeks? 32 and 6 days. Okay. okay. Which counts. And they were in the NICU for how long? About 6 weeks. Ugh. But and again, Sloan broke her water. I mean, she was just ready, I guess. I guess. I think she just... I don't know. She and just... labor, like... Were you ever nervous about labor? Um, like, the actual act of it? I mean, you just don't really have time to be nervous. Like, yeah. if that's all I thought about, then that would have sucked. But I didn't have time to think about that because I thought about, like, all the aches and pains I felt all the time. Right. <laughs> um, and then and then you get to the hospital and you're like, it's time. And um, I always knew, though, that I was going to get um, an epidural because 
of my period cramps, I was like, I know that labor pain is probably obviously not um, as tame as this and mine are excruciatingly debilitating if I don't take like 600 milligrams of ibuprofen like you know three times a day right I can't get out of bed yeah like you have the well I don't do you still have cramps like that they actually went away oh that's amazing yeah they went away from given birth I guess damn that's awesome yeah it's pretty awesome how long did it I mean this is a lot of info but not really I just think it's interesting how long did it take you to get your first period after having birth oh or giving it was like clockwork it was like clockwork I wow. think whatever the I think it was like about six weeks damn yeah that's insane yeah I was like oh great oh no I'm sorry it was well, I breastfed for four months. Okay. So I think it was like maybe right when I stopped breastfeeding. Okay. It was like, hi. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm back, bitch. Yeah. Did you miss me? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I just wanted you to share that story just because, I don't know. I mean, like all of my friends are either have kids or they're trying to get pregnant. And it's just like very top of mind for me and my group of friends. So I thought it'd be really interesting for you to kind of speak to what happened. But let's talk about the real reason you're here, bitch, which is your smaller tatas. Now, like I said, I do have a lot of questions that people sent in, but I just want you to give like your firsthand account experience, whatever, with why you wanted to do this and what was kind of like the deciding factor for you and just whatever you want to share about how you came to the decision for this like pretty major event. Yes. So <laughs> I had said to myself, I think like maybe since I was 20, that I, I mean, I've always wanted smaller breasts. And I think like ever since I hit puberty, they have been very large. Yeah. Like D plus. And they just kept growing because, yeah. you know, I kept growing. And, um, I certainly gained a good amount of weight after college and they grew and then I had kids and they grew a little bit more and I just have they've always bothered me like always yes like there's never been one time in your life where you felt like oh I love like I'm really confident with these I like like there's times yeah like of course there's times I think but more so they just have always just drawn a lot of attention I guess and I I never wanted wanted that kind of attention um I can't like wear certain things or I don't because I can't really fit into them to be like honest. Like I can't, even if I wanted to wear like a body forming, you know, dress or something like my breasts just don't really fit into it and they just look smushed. Yeah. Um, and it's uncomfortable. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I just kind of, and, and then one of the things I think that kind of honestly was like the tipping point, I noticed my posture, um, I straight up and getting a little hump. Yeah. Like I'm, I am Quasimodoing in front of people's <laughs> eyes. Like, I, I noticed that, and I was like, oh, I've never seen it, no. but you did point it out this trip, and I was like, oh, wow, like, you legitimately have, like, a little hump in your upper back, like, below your neck. Yeah. God. It's, like, hard to stand up straight when you have that much weight on your chest, and I've always hunched forward to kind of cover them. So... It makes me sad. I mean, it makes me sad, too, but that's just what I've done. I, I, uh... I've never felt shamed about them by any means. It's more just like, I don't know. Uncomfortable. Just, uncomfortable. Like, I'm not, I'm not a boob girl. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people did write in and ask, like, how insurance played into it. If you're comfortable talking about that. Like, some, you know, like a couple girls were like, I'm trying to, like, figure this out with insurance and they're being such pieces of shit. Like. They will be. So. The likelihood that you're going to get them to pay fully for this is very slim, I would say. Like, they have to, you have to meet the requirements, and the requirements usually 
is that you have to have 500 grams of breast tissue taken out of each breast to meet the requirements. And that's like a lot. And I calculated and it's about, it's over a pound each for each breast. So in my case, my right one is bigger than my left. And that one was over. Yeah. They took the out left, like 1.2 pounds. Yeah. The left one was a little bit under. And even if it's a little bit under. Like, like it was like your left one was literally like 0.9. I know. But I, I was calculating it. Supposedly, I went to two surgeons. The first one, he was in my network. Um, and they submitted and everything. And I had like chiropractic and doctor's notes and um, things like that. But it just, it didn't matter. It, it comes down to like how much they're going to remove in proportion to your body. Wow. Um, and so he estimated lower. Okay. Um, and so they denied it. Now, I could have paid for it out of pocket with him, um, but they never followed up, and I didn't really... Like, you didn't get a good vibe? No, yeah. I didn't get a good vibe. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, search around more. So then someone recommended this guy that's like way out in a western suburb here and in st charles where jeans and a cute top is oh, of course <laughs> the world's famous <laughs> jeans and a cute top so i looked him up and i loved his website and he had so many before and afters and so many women and i just thought you know clearly these women are so happy that they consented to have their images on here right and he clearly knows what he's doing and it's great because it kind of gives you like but the body types so you can see oh that could be me so I went and met him and I just really liked him and um he just always made me feel comfortable and and, like he's such an expert he knows exactly what he's doing so I was you know worried for you know maybe a half day and, and then I just there was nothing for me to fear because he had it under control and yeah damn okay so this was this was our first major surgery because I've never had anything. I've never broken anything, knock on wood. Um, and, oh, yeah, I've had my wisdom teeth out. Um, and I forgot that I was, like, put under anesthesia for that. But I definitely was. But that was when I was 16. And I don't know. It's a distant memory. Almost 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Excuse me. Um. So what... So I got into town. Let's go over this itch. I got into town on Thursday evening last week and we had dinner and I played with the babies for a second. And then we drove out to St. Charles and we stayed at the courtyard near Yat. Oh, yeah. And so lovely. It's no airport hole, Joel, but it's close. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, we got up at the crack of dawn on Friday morning and we made the 15 minute drive to the hospital. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was pretty smooth. I it mean, was. it was crazy. Yeah, they, you know, I had to like prep and wash my body with specific stuff and all of this. Oh, and yeah. We, yeah, they I mean, they put me like in my little cap to go to the OR. And that's honestly like them wheeling me out of that room and saying bye to Emma was the last thing I remember. God. I don't remember anything else. I don't even remember when they put the anesthesia in me. No idea. I mean... I feel like they, they might have started in the room. They had to have. Secretly. They had to have. And like, no were idea. like... Yeah, like, you... They wanted you to be distracted saying bye to me, but yeah. like, it was already in your IV. 100%. <laughs> so by the time I got to the other I was like... <laughs> and, um... Yeah, I'm still coughing from the... Being intubated, because they have to. I just to. can't believe that it was same day. Like... I know that it was a week ago, but it honestly feels like a fucking month. I wish it was a month because I'm just so uncomfortable. Ugh. Ugh. But yeah, it was, yeah, I remember that. And then waking up and I guess (laughs) he said that when you walked into the room, I started going, yes, literally, that's the first thing you did. Like I walked around the curtain and I was like, Allie, or I think actually I kept calling you Susan. Everybody, everybody kept saying like, oh, is your name Susan? Did she call? They were so confused. Okay, so I call my sister Susan. Like, that is my name for her. And that comes from, um, I would say like primarily being younger, you call me sissy. 
But like Susan, because it was of Susan Lopez, your character in college. Yeah, I mean, of course. Okay, so it's just like. But it evolved. Yes, Allie and I growing up, um, we did a lot of make believe, mm-hmm. and it's like actually really funny. It feels very full circle that we're sitting here recording this because we would spend our days, like especially during summers and stuff, and in on weekends when we were like preteens. We would spend our days recording radio shows in my sister's bedroom. Like we would, we had like a mic hooked up and everything, and we would put together these shows. Yeah, into my like Sony like CD cassette tape cassette player. Yeah, and we would do like traffic, like literally. Oh my god, <laughs> so good! I just remembered. We would take one of our electric toothbrushes mm-hmm. and hold it up to the microphone during traffic to make it sound like a helicopter. Yeah, and it 100% broke several of those microphones. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we would like go to Radio Shack and get the microphones. We would? Yeah. I remember going to Radio Shack, but not for that. Yeah, there's no Amazon. Oh, yeah. So. Where are you going to get a microphone? Uh, where Where do they sell these things? I don't know. Um, we, we had a lot of names, like 90. 92.3 the nail clipper the nail clipper it's like we literally would be trying to think of names and just look around the room and spot objects <laughs> um there was what were other ones the nail clipper is the one that sticks with it's me. just sticks and also like because we grew up in the suburbs we weren't in dallas proper so dallas proper was like very exotic to us and we would always talk about like we would do commercials during our radio show and we would do commercials for like clubs, and I would always, we would always say they're on um, <laughs> Inwood and Lovers. Yeah, because Mocha. Or like Greenville and Lovers yeah, or Mocha something. Mocha always talk about that. And like if you're from Dallas, you know like nothing is going on over there. It's yeah. like literally a fucking central market. There's a CVS, there's like a Raising Canes. Party at no, Raising Canes, maybe. There are no clubs. Like, there's no nightlife in that area. But it's so funny because, like, every time that I'm around those streets, I always think about how we just painted this, like, I don't know, this picture of Dallas. Like, yeah, everything's happening on Inwood and Lovers. But it's, like, Shinsei. And I don't know. My sister's sitting here like, I don't know what you're saying. Um, anyway. So, this feels very full circle, and it makes me really happy. Um, so, how has recovery been for you? Mm, it's been very rough. It's <laughs> been very rough. Like, I think more so even mentally than I realized. Um, like, I was thinking you asked me at the beginning of this, like, how have I been? And, like, I, I've just kind of been... And it's a weird feeling. Like, I'm not, like, unhappy, but I'm not ecstatic. And I'm wondering if, like, some of that has to do with the weather here has been absolutely horrible. Yeah. And I'm so over it. Yeah. Um, And I miss you guys a lot. Um, So, like, some of that plays into, I think, the recovery and the mental thing. And then, like, seeing myself without the bandages on. It's pretty jarring. Yeah. Especially when I've seen myself such a certain way for such a long time. Right. And um, not being able to, like, fully interact with Sloan and Jack has really hurt me emotionally because they've been really sick. And I felt, I've been, I just felt so guilty. But, like, even when I, you know, try to, like, help you guys with things, um, it's, I just get so tired. Yeah. And it's like so stupid that I, I keep, but I keep saying it out loud to make myself feel better. Honestly, of like my body is literally using all its energy to heal. It's so true. These these like massive incisions. Um, <laughs> so I just have to keep repeating that to myself. But it's just it's so hard, especially for someone like me that's so used to like being in like yes control, but more so like running the ship. Yeah, I was gonna say like you're the boss. Um, you are the boss and that's how you've always positioned yourself and we love it and we hate it. Yeah. Um, same, but it, it's been weird. It's like, I was, I was thinking about this at some point, like in the last however many days, but like you've started to come around in the past few days and like, even that it's like such a comfort for me. Like, I mean, I had that breakdown the first night when we got back because I was just on Sunday night. Because it was, like, a whole fucking day of, like, 
Or was it Saturday? No. Because Saturday was like we got back later and it was just like dinner and bedtime. But Sunday was like the first full day of like being with the twins like 24-7. And I've never, I mean, I guess I've done that a few times since I visited you. But it's so different because they're so active now. And like it's like keeping them entertained. And it's just obviously very different than anything that I do at home all day. And so it was just so much. And I felt like I fucked up a lot. And like. It, it just really brought front and center for me, like, how much your presence... I mean, I've always known this, but, like, I, don't, I literally don't know what I would do without you. Like, Emma. like, when you're down and out like that, it's just so fucking weird because you are the boss. And I just, like, follow your lead. And it's, like, even if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, if you say, like, no, this is what we're doing, I'm like, okay, like, she's right. So... Just to have you come around in the last couple of days has been like, oh my God, thank God. Like everything feels a little less chaotic. Even though you keep telling me I'm OCD and a control freak. You are. But you like it. I don't like, I like certain parts about it. I mean, the thing is, is like, I know I'm that way at home too. I know that I'm that way. I guess I just don't view it as OCD, but I maybe it is. I mean, it's definitely like a small... A, a, Little, I mean, it runs in our family, so yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad if it is, but I don't view. I just view it like everything has its place and needs to go in its place. And <laughs> um, like, why are you guys like leaving toys strewn about and everything on the counter? Like, it's not like y- you know. <laughs> it's not like there's like five more children added to the mix and everything. But I think. You know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe the burden that I have to bear is like my presence kind of helps people center themselves, I guess. Yeah, and that's why you are a group creative director within your company. And like I literally lasted as a quote unquote manager for like barely a year and they gave me the option to step down. I was like, okay, (laughs) 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 like I'm just not. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, it's Maybe just... Maybe that's why I felt, I've, I felt so weird. Because, like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, and, like... Or, like, helping anyone. And it feels weird. I feel useless. I feel like, did I make a horrible decision doing this surgery? Um, Do you really, truly feel like that, though? No, I know I didn't. Like, I know that it is going to benefit, like, the rest of my life. I'm going to be able to... Um, you know, like I said, not not ass- assault people with my breasts in public <laughs> in the sense well, of even like, today we went out to lunch and you were saying you were like sitting in like a, a kind of tight booth and you were like, literally, if I had my tits from a week ago, I would they would be like resting on the table. 100 percent. Like they would. And you're able and to just like sit there. I was able to sit there. It was pretty cool. And like wearing like I'm wearing one of our dad's like old button up shirts because I needed I needed some for this surgery. Um, cause all the ones I have are silk. Um, <laughs> my God. and they're, they're not half of them. Um, and like, it looks cute on me. Like it yeah. doesn't look like big gar- gargantuan mounds are under there. Yeah. Like you can button it. You're comfortable. I'm comfortable. I mean, I'm not this bra is fucking horrible. I have major incisions all over my body. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I no, I don't regret it. I think I just been my, I guess my purpose that I feel is like, I get the most joy out of like helping others and guiding others. And so I haven't been able to do that since last week. And I wonder if like people listening who are into horoscopes, like can guess what your horoscope is Probably just from listening to this. Don't say it. You guys write in and guess. Write in. Someone will win a prize. They won't. It'll be me telling them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> For one week, Abby yeah. will boss you around. That, that might be like, and it's not even necessarily like my horoscope, yes, because also like my leadership style, it's this whole thing. Yeah. Everything aligns to that for me. So maybe that's it. I just feel like, okay, I'll just sit here because like I actually have to. But yeah, sure. Is my favorite pastime sleeping? A hundred percent. Yes. Like, has that been great? Did I sleep 13 hours one day? Did yeah. you really? I think that was Sunday, like the worst day. Oh, that was a horrible, horrible day. Yeah. For yeah. everyone. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> 
And I think the thing too about this is like, I just didn't realize how painful it would be. Like, duh, it would be painful. I'm not as in as much pain anymore, thank God. But yeah, the first several days were very, very rough. Yeah. But I do, I'm excited to go to the surgeon tomorrow. He's like going to, you know, look at everything and um, hopefully I get a good report card and and things are on track. So... Yeah, I just realized I like put it together in my head. Sunday was the worst day because that was the first time that you showered and that was the first time that you saw your chest bare. It was bad. And you had taken I swear to god I had another one of those vasal vasovagal. I think you did. Like I got really dizzy no, no, no. and I was really like, Oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna faint. I'm yeah. Gonna faint. And like because I saw myself and it was uh, She went into shock. Yeah. And like literally was like oh my god whoa I'm really dizzy Emma and was she like you pretty much like put all your body weight on me and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god my sister's gonna faint she's gonna fall her titties are gonna get smashed around the incisions are gonna pop there's gonna be blood (laughs) we're gonna have to go back to the hospital like it was really scary it was really and but you it's like you started to faint-ish and then you're like, I just want to get into the shower. I was well, trying I just to get knew, your bandages I, off. I didn't care. I no. know who you were, and I was trying to push you out of my way so I could get into the shower. Yeah, so you like I was like, in. if I just sit here, I know I'll be okay. Yeah. Like, I know I'll be okay. And so I did, and Emma came in and sat with me and, like, rubbed my arms. And it was just, you just so have... amazing. You were just, you've been so incredible this Thanks. whole time. Thanks like, so for the moment you came, just so supportive. And I just can't think. Susie. It's true. It just, you mean everything to me. I know I'm always taking care of you, but to see you taking care of me and taking care of the babies, it's pretty incredible and it just fills my heart up a lot. And you are, I don't know, you're just very pure and you really try your hardest and I just really appreciate you. No one's ever told me that I'm pure. <laughs> you are. You're just you. And like, you're just trying to, you know, do the best job that you can. And you're too hard on yourself. And you've done an incredible, an incredible job caring for me. And the babies. Susan. Well, it's been my pleasure and my honor. For real. It really has. I was nervous, but like... I mean, you're just... You don't need to be... Every bone in your body is very caring and loving, and you have great instincts, and you know... Like, you know, you know what to do. I just doubted that. I've doubted it so much because, like, I've also been told over and over by my family that I'm really self-centered. You are, but you can be both things. Yeah, that's true. I mean... You can be, you can be both. Yeah. And sometimes I think too, you know, if you've been one way your whole life, you've had no reason to not be, I guess. Right. But when you need to be, you rise to that and, you know, maybe it'll give you a different outlook moving forward. I don't know. I think that it will. I mean, I have to say that like, I mean, it's very weird to think about going home tomorrow and not having a little human or two little humans to take care of like it's very I'm like wait what did I do like what do I do all day and I know what I do but it's just like and you know Zach has said this before too like I mean Zach wants kids so much but one of his like main things is like it's that purpose it's like you literally like there's no minute wasted in a day when you have kids and like you can like end the day and go to bed and be like if I did one fucking thing today I like raise my child and like nurtured them 100 and mean, he's right i remember i'm just just so bored i was so bored I know all the were. time i know if i wasn't working and yeah we'd like go on vacations and stuff like that but um i just remember thinking like i want to take care and like bring life into this world and I got lucky enough to bring two lives. Um, it would have been easier with one, but <laughs> it's uh, it's so rewarding. Yeah, it is. It's really rewarding. Yeah, for all the things like you know, 
the changes you go through and thinking about your life. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, could I on a weekend or a weeknight just go out and do whatever I want? Sure. But uh, you kind of look at what you're creating and it outweighs that stuff. It's pretty special. And I'm happy that you've got to witness it firsthand. I am too. I And I have said to you this week that I feel like, like, I have been so, like, we were just talking about, like, I am very much, like, I doubt myself, and I'm really hard on myself, and I've, I've, the whole idea of motherhood has been fucking terrifying to me, and this was really, like, the first chance that I've had to, like, put on mom boots and, like, do it, and actually be in, like, the thick of it, and I feel like every non-mom who's nervous about motherhood should do, like, a week-long boot camp with twins, because it's like when Jack went to daycare today and it was just Sloan, I know she didn't feel good, so she was sleeping a lot, but still, it's like such a fucking breeze. I'm like, oh, I can have a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> as long as I don't have two at once, like, I got this. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that perspective is something I'm so happy that you, um, I am seeing Cheerios in here. Did you bring those? Yeah, so, um, Confession, um, I do have a problem with like legit midnight snacks mm. because I'm in a calorie deficit and if I don't fall asleep early enough and I'm up, I'm like, I want carbs. Um, Zach has caught me in bed with saltines and every kind so of... So the worst to eat in bed, they get everywhere. Yeah, like even when you try not to. No, I'm fully aware. I mean, listen, I know. Anyway, but yes, I love I love the thinking I think I'm going to start a business and it's called it's going to be called you can do this um and you will come raise my twins for a week okay I and love then that. at the end of the week you will see and then at the end of the week the one day before one of them will go somewhere and you'll just be with one and then you will see that you could do it girl I love or that. boy or they or whomever who who however you identify yeah um so copyright that trademark you can do this sounds really positive you don't know what you're getting yourself into <laughs> that's the tagline um okay so let's move into some questions that people sent in um since we're talking about parenthood and all of that mm-hmm. so someone said i'm a new mom what is Allie's best parenthood advice like if you had to choose one piece of advice like do this no matter what one piece of advice um no matter what anyone tells you get sound machines for your babies oh wow did people try and tell you not to like our parents were like they don't need all of those and i'm like no like they do and it makes our lives easier and also i sleep with a sound machine so i don't really care yeah um i would say definitely that and i would also say like don't beat yourself up about um, breastfeeding versus formula and, and, you know, doing one or the other or both or switching or whatever, like at the end of the day, fed truly is best and it does not matter. I love that. Like it just, they will be completely fine either way. They'll be just as smart. I love that. Um, and on the subject of being a mom, Someone asked, what is your best advice for new moms who are worried about losing themselves? Because we were kind of talking about that earlier, how, like, it took you a second to realize, like, wait, holy shit, my whole life has changed. I would say, girl, you got to accept that fact. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, I, I would say you have to accept it and and say to yourself, okay, but what are things that I can do for me that make me feel like me? You know, for me, it's like going, you know, going to get like a pedicure or going to a coffee shop and kind of sitting there for a little bit. Yeah. It used to be, I love to do errands. I don't love to do them as much anymore um, because I think I have to do so many more of them maybe. I don't know. Um, I just think it's, but I think like, whereas errands used to kind of be like a fun I was just like a like a checklist, like a to-do list. Now it's like, yeah, like I'm just a getting, chore. I'm just getting groceries and like diapers. Like I'm not like perusing the, you know, home section of Target. Right. Um, so 
yeah, that's that's changed. I would say though, like the fear, the being fearful of losing yourself. Except that you're not losing yourself; you're evolving. Maybe I love that. And you're evolving and you're changing. There are things that you can still do that are you. Find childcare. Make it, you know, a rule that you and your partner go out at least once a month, if not more. And um, if you don't have a partner, then just you do something for yourself. Go out. Your baby will be okay. They can sleep. It's okay. And um, yeah, that's it. I love that. So we also got a lot of questions just about like our relationship kind of like in two like they were kind of like into two categories so some people asked about us and like have we always been close have we never have we ever had a a moment of time where we weren't close like and how our parents like fostered our relationships so like I will tell you that we've literally always been close I think like the only time that we were weird-ish is when we pretty much like our second year, like even being in Dallas and we like Allie and I are only 17 months apart, but we're two grades apart. So we overlap just the tiniest bit. And in middle school, I was like in sixth grade and you were in eighth. And I mean, middle school is fucking horrible as it is. Like it's the most awkward, worst years of your life. Um, and I was, I mean, I was, I've always been very, very attached to Allie, like very. And she was an eighth grader and like getting her period for the first time and trying to like navigate being a 13 year old. And I would, you know, I was just so excited to be in the same school as her. And I would come up and like try and give her hugs in the middle of like classes and stuff or not in the middle of like when you're changing, you go to your next class and she'd be like, get off of me. Like, don't Emma. My God, it's so embarrassing. And it would really hurt my feelings, but we got over that phase so fast. So that breaks my heart. Like, that's all I wish that, like, I could get now. Oh, I am still like that. I know you are, but, like, that just, yeah. I, like, vaguely remember one time, and I think I maybe I never did it again because yeah. you were so upset, and it was just such a dick thing. Like, I wasn't even that fucking, I wasn't even, I don't say that fucking cool, but I wasn't even cool enough to use fucking in the sentence. I was... <laughs> I wasn't any, like, I was just... You were just a 13-year-old. A 13-year-old little weirdo. Yeah. Like, not cool, Allie. But we've always been... We've just always been really close. I don't know. I mean, I think my mom always said, she always said, this is your best friend. This is your best friend kind of a thing. And I've always just been very nurturing. So Emma was always my little baby. Yeah. That's how she views me. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, I just always view you as like... Like, I raised her really well, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we do say that Allie's my momager. I am your mom. She literally now. has access to my Emma's thing Gmail, and like, mm-hmm. uh, it's been it's really died down a lot since like the twins have been more active, and Allie got promotion, and she's super busy. But she'll literally write me in the middle of the day and be like, "Hey, did you see this email from so and so? Okay, when are you gonna reply to this?" Like she tries. Okay, to I wrote a draft. Yeah, she's like, "Okay, I wrote a draft. Um, if you want to go in and just double check it, like." <laughs> It's really, it's awesome. I mean, I love it. Zach, it's fun Zach for thinks me. it's fucking, he's like, what do you mean your sister is in your email right now? And then like, I'll forget and I'm having convert, like G chats with Whitney and I'm like, oh fuck, move to text. <laughs> <laughs> that only happened one time. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I don't know. Oh yeah. So we're just talking about our closeness. So, so yeah, we've never had a phase where we weren't close by any means at all. I've always been best friends. And, and it's like I we can be very real with each other and be like you are straight up the worst. Yeah, like or I like I will like rage about you and just like I can't believe XYZ, blah blah blah, and then I'll let it pass and I may or may not bring it up to you. Yeah. I'll just see how I feel. Yeah. And like if you if stuff does come up between us and we shoot each other very straight, probably like a little too straight. No, you just don't come back. It's like, no, like, you're fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, like, you're my sister, and... We did used to get in fights, though. Like, yeah. young, like, when we were young. Yeah, for sure. We would, like, hit each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even... Oh, my God. Actually, the best story that I have about that that's caught on tape. So, oh. we grew up... We, like, did most of our childhood on the East Coast in Connecticut, and 
So every spring break, spring bake, we would go to Florida because it's like, oh, it's warm, whatever, easy to get to. We'd go to Orlando, we'd get a condo and like a little community. It was, it was cute. It was really cute. So there is video of this one spring break. <laughs> and we had a bag of like those really chunky, crunchy, fat pretzels. No, they were like the thin, big pretzels. What? Yeah, they were thin pretzels and they were like big size like a are you sure yes yeah well they broke apart a lot yeah they they broke apart they were were, they were thin and we were obviously starving and it was like before dinner like we had showered or maybe we just gone up from the pool but both of us were ass naked because we were like six and i think you were i don't think i was i feel like i'm always naked but um on the video my sister, like, she had to go take a shower, and she was like, when I'm gone, do not eat the bigger half of this pretzel. Like, I want it when I come back. And I was like, okay. And she went and took a shower, and, like, a stupid little baby bitch sister, I ate it. But, like, immediately popped it in your mouth. I immediately popped it in my mouth, but I also think I, like, only ate half of it and was holding on to the other one because I wanted her to see that I was... <laughs> defying her and she came out you were because you came out from the shower and you were naked and she literally like runs up to me in the video and don't you just like push me in my legs like completely splay open like my vagina's everywhere i'm so pissed (laughs) over a fucking pretzel but like so we've gone into sister shit like that of course but other than that you know um but people a couple people ask like how has our transition been like how has you being a mom changed things and like it's changed a lot like not like not in a bad way but it's like I especially in the beginning yeah like I was I am still your OG baby and you've always treated me like that which I'm sure people are hearing that and they're like oh okay I get it like why Emma is the way she is um but I was like my sister's child. It's my fault. It's because of me, not because of Emma. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it was, it was really, it was just fucking weird. Like Allie and I used to talk all day, every day, constantly, always texting, always on Gchat, FaceTiming, like just keeping each other on FaceTime and being in the room. And it's like, not only did stuff change because of obviously her having two babies, but her getting promoted to work and having a way more responsibility and shit to do. And she's like in fucking meetings all day. And so the combination of the two, like it just so happened that it's literally like when Allie found out she was pregnant a few months into Zach and I having met. And so everything kind of happened at the same time. It's like, I found my partner and I was like deep in that and figuring that out. And she was pregnant. And like, so it's, you know, I mean, she was used to me coming to her for everything yeah. and like crying about men and my life. You've and really grown up for real. Thank you. Like, that's the biggest thing. I think that's like changed. Like, well, I, I think it's helped our relationship evolve more. And you certainly as a person, not to say that like I was holding you back or anything. I think, you know, they're were other things in your life that like you had to sort out yeah I think it was it was really hard at first because yeah I couldn't be there for every text and like then you just kind of stopped reaching out about things and that you know made me sad because I don't want you to feel like I don't have time for you in my life it's just the time I have for you is different now kind of a thing and 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 you have been really good too about understanding that of like the balance of things and it's it's worked itself out i think as as relationships do they evolve and and ours has and it's even better and i i mean i agree and i just was reminded of of this but like i talked about it in therapy because there was one point in zach and i's relationship where it's like i basically saw the writing on the wall like this is fucking serious. Like this is either going to be marriage or not. And I had just like a moment of, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I was in Chicago when that happened. And I went back to Dallas and like, obviously sorted things out, but I talked to my therapist and, 
And I was like, it's just like when I'm with my sister, it's just like this comfort. I can't even explain it. It's like, I just, she's like my safe haven. And shouldn't I feel that way about Zach? And my therapist was like, how long have you known your sister? Oh, pardon. I just got an email. Um, she was like, how long have you known your sister? And I was like, you know, 33 years. And she was like, how long have you been with Zach? And I was like, a year or like, I don't know what it was. And she was like, yeah, I would be concerned if that like had already transitioned over to him. Like that's something that comes with time and it's okay that like your sister is your comfort zone, like still like to that point. Um, and so I, that was me realizing like I was struggling with it a lot. Um, but you're right. I mean, everything now, it's like everything worked itself out. And, um, you know, I think it was just, I think like, I don't know. I don't know. We've never really like talked about the evolution of all of that. Like we kind of just like went with it. There was never like a really dramatic moment or anything, but like stuff has drastically changed, but like we're figuring it out. And now, I mean, you went through so much trying to find childcare. And that was a fucking nightmare for you guys. Like, Honestly, that was that's something that to all like, you know, parents of the future. Um, if you don't like live near family that is going to be able to right away kind of step in and help you when it's close to time that that either you have to go back to work or uh, just in general to have that support, you need to be interviewing places to put your kids and nannies and shit before those kids come because that was like a full-time job on top of a full-time job on top of a full-time job of you know having an actual nine to five and then being a parent and then trying to find childcare. um i've never felt more like true uh panic in my life i've never heard you like that ever like it freaked me the hell out yeah it was scary it was just it was like you saw you were like manic yeah i mean i felt that way we both jill and i both did like we didn't know what to do yeah because you have to like provide for these babies but you can't get reliable child care and you know neither of our families live here and uh it just it was one thing after another and you you know a person can only take so much yeah so um, that's one thing I, I, I would say is like kind of start really, I mean, people say, you know, put your kid in preschool even before that. If you have the means, start thinking about like, okay, are we going to, you know, get someone to come watch these ba- this baby? I keep saying these babies. This baby, you know, you know a couple of times a week. Are they going to do an in-home daycare? Um, that's a really great route. So just kind of prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Well, I think that we're at the end. Um, I will say that someone did directly ask me if Zach and I would ever move out of Texas. And mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know to where, but um, Hell. it's like we talk about it mm-hmm. often. And I think a pipe dream of both of ours is ending somehow ending up in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Um, we did take a trip to Maine. Uh, back in October, and we ended up in Cape Elizabeth, which is just like a little town there. And it was the most like picturesque situation. Like the neighborhood, every house was beautiful. It wasn't over the top. There's a massive park, and it was like on a Sunday. And every it's like every single family was at the park from the neighborhood with their kids and their dogs. Everyone was running around playing. There was a lighthouse. Um, I just see you there, girl. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, we would for sure. Um, there any final burning questions for me? (laughs) No, I, no, there are no burning questions. I'm sure that people are going to listen and be like, is Allie going to move to Dallas? Like she's mentioned missing her family a lot. Allie (laughs) and Jill are contemplating what is best for our family. Yes. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. And it's not as easy as uh, we may have thought. So, um, 
we'll see where this crazy journey of life brings us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that you guys are coming to Dallas for like a long-term visit, um, long, longish. I think so. We'll yeah. See. We'll see. It's an open-ended just kind of to feel it out, feel it out. See when we're ready to leave. Um, they're coming with the babies, they're coming with the dog. Um, and you know, Zach and I are like already trying to think of things we want to show them, things that we love to do. Love it. Live it. Love um. it. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Um, I think I just need, you know, i like in talking about this. And talking to you through this vehicle. now has this been a therapy session kind of I and i that. yeah i need like some change of something yeah and i think doing a trip like that will help but i always like fe- am fearful of like that's not doesn't solve your problems kind of no like your problems will follow you wherever you go but right but and on that note thank you guys so much <laughs> <laughs> But actually, thank you so much. This was amazing. I love you. Obviously, I love you so much. I would do anything for you. I mean, you did. I did do everything for you. You put bacterial cream on my nipples. I literally applied nipple cream to your nips. She's your everything and more to Uh, me. I love you. No, I love you. No, no, no. You hang up. You go. You. You. Okay, guys. um, Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk at you next week. Bye. Zweedo, zee bee bow bow. Zee ba dup doom da doom doom dee